0: FlushCare.com slash
2: It is going off track here in the going off track studios, meaning a room at a studio that we record in. We don't own the place, but someday there will be a going off track uh, we're all going to be moguls. We can say where we are. It's- oh, we can?
1: Yeah, man. All right. proud of us.
2: Okay, let's do I didn't know if it was possible. Sure. Converse prob- Rubber
1: Tracks Studio Okay. has been so generous to let us. Right. Yes, yeah, very generous. Listen.
2: Converse Rubber Tracks. Uh, if you haven't been out here, it is one of the cooler recording studios I've ever been to, and I've been to a few. Not super many, but a couple. Uh, It's in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. We record in Brooklyn because we are so hip that we couldn't record in Manhattan. Also due to rising studio costs. (laughs) Uh, And this place is free and Brad runs it. So, uh, I'm Stephen Smith. In front of me is Brad Worrell. You don't care because you're not in the room with us. He is our producer. He makes everything happen. And he can also design (laughs) t-shirts. He also can design websites. Brad can do a lot of stuff I can't. Actually, you can do most things I can. You also play guitar, too. Actually, Mike, you play guitar. Yeah. And banjo.
0: Yeah. Mike well, and Jimmy. definitely not well yet. I still am. Dude, it's hard I'm with you. But you hammer. I know. Uh, Mike is a television producer. He
2: is working on a documentary. We worked together for a long time. Jonah Bear is a music journalist. You can read his work all over the interweb and in print. The dying form print. Well, less. last. Jonah also plays banjo. <laughs> I do. Brad, do you play banjo I as well? Play
1: guitar. I I can't <laughs> if you picking, if, if but you play yeah, if, wait a minute, it.
2: hold on. If you say banjo, you can say you can
1: assume guitar, right? No. Well, they're different. No, can't they you? No, really not really. Do you guys both have banjos? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love I should I love banjos. You need to get a banjo. But banjos
2: are how many strings?
0: Four, well, five. Five,
3: five with five the with the four and a half. Four and a, half. Four and a half, yeah. half,
2: right? Yeah. And a banjo is basically a snare drum with strings on it. Yes. Okay.
0: Also, Jonah got me doing the Clawhammer, clawhammer style rather than the bluegrass style. So you can buy a bluegrass banjo, but the banjo that I bought was a—it's like a clawhammer banjo. Yeah, You have the a good,
3: time. A good time, right? Yeah. yeah, that's what I have. Yeah. I don't know what banjo means. Yeah, <laughs> banjo just, talk. Here we just are right, on, just on the podcast. every hip podcast, starts <laughs> with. banjo guys and talking today, about what kind of banjo. And now banjo talk. Actually, Mike in, and in Williamsburg, probably that's probably apt. as hip. Yeah, oh, yeah. Be, yeah.
1: The ukulele's out. The banjo.
0: No, totally. Banjo's
1: back. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh god, ukulele. Ukulele is a very hard instrument to play. Do you know what ukulele means? No. Fleas in Hawaiian. Really? It does. Because when does it mean fleas in Hawaiian, or does it mean fleas in Hawaiian? Okay, now I feel high. <laughs> no, apparently when uh, we took over Hawaii, meaning us, white America, went to Hawaii and went, we want this place too. Uh, we had small guitars and with the four strings, the ukulele, and uh, the Hawaiians thought that their fingers picking the guitar looked like little fleas.
3: So they went, ukulele. Looks like fleas. Interesting. You know who yeah. also picks uh, strings is Hunter from AFI. Wow, Hunter Segway. Bergen. Uh, Hunter Bergen. on the podcast this week.
2: Wait a minute. Does he play? He's the bass player for, for uh, AFI. Does he? Does he play with his fingers or is he, he's a pick? We don't get into it in the interview. We don't
3: really get into it. I don't really know. I'm assuming he plays with the pick for some reason. I think so too. It's
2: pretty punk with yeah. the pick. We talk about all the bands he was in. Before AFI, how he got there. He's also a multi instrumentalist. He can do all kinds yes. of fun stuff. Uh, he's an interesting, interesting dude. He won a Webby. He won a Webby and a Tweety, I think. Yeah.
3: He's, Did he not win a Webby? Did I get that confused with the he, Tweety? He got, he got like a Twitter award. A Twitter award. He tells I don't us know what it. those are co- called. You'll find out if you listen. You'll find out. Check it out. Uh, Hunter Bergen. I'll <laughs> this off. From
2: AFI. If you want news about <laughs> AFI, just keep listening. Uh welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Th- thank you for being here and, and on this. Thank you for having me. No, we're psyched. It's very cool. Um you are in town from whereabouts? From Los Angeles. Right, and you live in LA? Yeah. Now, at your home in LA, do you still have the giant sheet from the Miss Murder video
4: that hung out? <laughs> That's no, I don't. It's somewhere. That's um, Funny you should mention that. I was just talking about that the other day. Um, before, like, you know, while we we're shooting the video, we have these. Um, just to clarify, there's giant banners of just our faces, mm-hmm. um, and we shot at City Hall in Los Angeles. And so it's you know it's it's earlier in the evening, and they're um, they're testing the drops, like you know, to see if it'll work on camera. Like you know, all four banners need to drop simultaneously so the four heads appear. And on the first trial run, they all misfired except for mine. <laughs> so, and I'm standing across the street just talking to somebody, and suddenly there's like this, poof, and just a <laughs> banner of me drops down, like just my head over City Hall. <laughs> I got to take a picture of that. So,
2: I hope to God someone took a photo.
4: I have a photo, but I had a flip phone at the time with, you know, with a high quality camera. So. <laughs> <laughs> with it, with one pix, not even a pixel. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't even afford the whole word.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think it might have been the last time uh, we spoke was around that, that era. And I asked what you guys were doing with those again, because all I am is a big recycling machine. Uh, and I think it was either uh, Jade or Adam who went, yeah, I think I'm just going to cover my car with it.
4: Yeah, I was going to hang off the side of my house, you know, just to let everybody in my neighborhood know. Like, yeah, Whereabouts
2: about in L.A., are you? Uh, I live
4: in Los Feliz. I know it very well. I lived there for seven years. So all all stalkers, that's where to find me. Fair yeah, <laughs> what's the exact address? <laughs> yeah. Did I say Los Feliz? I meant Santa Monica. That's what I said. Santa Monica. Well, that's where all the stalkers live. Is Santa Monica? Yeah, and nobody <laughs> wants to do that commute, so I'm fine.
2: <laughs> I love Los Feliz. and when I when I left in two thousand ten years ago, um, rent was super super cheap. I was like <laughs> 700 bucks for a one bedroom on St. George. Oh man. And and apparently when I left, someone called me up who lived in the building and went they're renting your place out for $1200. And I said, "Did they get rid of the couch I abandoned in there when I left?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the typical Los Angeles move. Yeah. Um so <laughs> with uh, Now how did you get you weren't originally in AFI. We've never talked about this, at least I've never talked I, about it. You joined, right?
3: Yeah, every time I see Hunter, I'm like, dude, my cousin's from Ukiah. And he's always like, I'm not from Ukiah. Yeah, <laughs>
4: I'm like, oh, yeah I've been to Japan more times than I've been to Ukiah. <laughs> um, okay, so the, the short version of the story is they, um, I, I was in a band that was friends with, with them. And our singer was actually their first merch guy. Ah. And so we'd play a lot of shows together and he would go on tour with them and we'd just wait for him to come back so we could play our shows. And, and uh, on one of the tours, I got a call from him saying, hey, here's the thing. Jeff, the old bass player, is is quitting and they um they need somebody to fill in for a tour. And we thought maybe that you would be appropriate. And I was like, uh, OK, yeah, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> I had to quit um, junior college mid semester, uh, and that was heartbreaking. It was it was actually the first semester where I actually was really decided to buckle down and apply myself. I you know it was like my third year or something. <laughs> I was like, you know what, maybe I should actually do something here. Did you have like a major there? I, I, I that was where I was like, okay, I'm actually going to start thinking about the academic courses. <laughs> like up to that point, I'd taken like poetry and like all you know. Um, like, intro to gouache, uh, which is I don't know if you're aware of gouache. It's no, like, um, <laughs> it's a it's a type of paint. It's a you know a medium of painting. It's it's like watercolors, but you you add some like a, a thickener to it. Yes, I was the only not only the only male in the class, <laughs> but I was the only person under fifty. Um, At first,
2: I was like, right on,
4: only dude, that's great. And they're yeah. Just like, eh. <laughs> "Yeah, Well, maybe right on. bunch <laughs> of older women painting, like, these landscapes, you know, and I was in there like, oh, I don't know. But, yeah, so, uh, so but, okay, so, the, yeah, so I had to quit mid-semester and, uh, and joined temporarily. I was a fill-in bass player, and we did a tour with, um, with L7 and The Offspring. And after that, it was like um, they would, they kept asking me, like, hey, we're going to be doing this one off in, you know, in LA. Are you available? I'm like, yes. <laughs> hey, we're going to be writing and recording an album. Are you available? Yes. And they kept, you know, kept doing that until uh, eventually they, they asked, like, hey, would, would you consider being a permanent member? And is that was, something
2: you always wanted and you were just playing it cool or are you just kind of.
4: Well, sure. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've always been you know my whole as soon as i figured out how, how that i could get some of my friends together and form a band i was like this is what i'm going to do and then in in high school i was like i could i could be in this this band as the bass player but then i can also be in this band as the drummer i could be in five bands at once this is the greatest thing i'll i'll have like shows every weekend um so yeah i mean it was always my goal to to try to you know be in as many bands and as as successful bands as possible and um you know i was a fan before i was in the band so it was like do I want to be in this band that I love? Yeah. <laughs> you made yourself every need a musician flyer
2: because it's always need a bass player, need a drummer, need a bass player, need a drummer. Need <laughs> yeah. a, always. So that slick.
4: Yeah, well, that was my that was my <clears throat> my trick early on was like I'd be hanging out with some you know some cool musician types, and they'd be like, yeah, we're, so we we started this band, but uh, we don't have a drummer. Do you know anybody? And I'd be like thinking to myself. Can I fake the drums? Like, <laughs> I bet I could probably like within a you know a couple practices I could probably learn and like they don't need to know that you, yeah hey I I play drums like I'll I'll be in your band so I've done that you know on almost every instrument and it's worked
1: right on <laughs> there's your book man I'll be in your band
4: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. I play it all you need a free copy you know, you know you, I guess you
2: really can't do that with keyboards have you done that
4: <laughs> I've, I played in my Boy Scout. Band. I played keyboards a little bit. We played at the state fair and we played at like uh on a float for a couple parades I played keyboards for that. So, does that count?
2: How far did you get as a Boy Scout?
4: Uh, Life Scout.
2: Ah, yeah. See, my brother was an Eagle Scout, so I know the full It was
4: close, real close. You just didn't want to do the project? It was I didn't want to do the project <laughs> for one. That's the oh, easy one. God. It was just a it was a weird it was a weird time in my life. I was, you know, starting to get into uh, you know, countercultural stuff and boy scouts is anything but that <laughs> yeah. so I, was like, I was like i don't know if I, I you know i can't stand for some of these things that the boy scouts stand for you know i don't i'm not aligned with all their their, their beliefs and i you know for I'm,
2: starters the kerchief seriously i've <laughs> got to go my own
4: way what's the project when
2: you become an eagle scout you have to do a giant project of something for the community and so if you're like literally driving on 81 or 66 in Virginia you'll pass a park and over this like ridge in the park there's just a row of trees that my brother planted and like but the thing is <clears throat> when you do the project you draft the rest of your troop with you so everyone else has to yeah. come and do it with you so you're just like oh god so everyone has to help each it's other it's a out. huge
4: thing you have to yeah. organize that yeah you know I was I had done some pre-thinking on what my project would be <laughs> and I was going to like rebuild this little bridge over like a creek that's that it had a bridge and the bridge was kind of worn down it was just ended up being just a piece of wood and so i was like you know what i'm gonna, this is what I'm gonna rebuild this bridge and but you have to like figure out how to build it you have to like you know hi, figure out how to raise money to hire somebody to design a bridge it's just like the weirdest thing and you're a kid like you don't know how to do any of that stuff and you didn't have the impetus to go
2: yeah, I know somebody who can build a bridge. I can learn to build a bridge in a couple of weeks.
4: Yeah, exactly. See, <laughs> had I been a little bit older or just cared a little more, I probably would have done that, you know.
2: Did you ever do the rock and roll thing of repurpose your Boy Scout uniform for a show?
4: I don't think I did, but I did take some of my merit badges and sew them onto a jacket, I believe. The ones that I thought were like the punkest ones. You
3: know? <laughs> what, what are the punkest merit <laughs> yeah, badges? Yeah, I'm mind? trying to
4: think now. Um <laughs> there's, I had quite a few, so yeah. um, but I'm trying to think of what I actually used. Maybe like the first aid one or something. Or maybe just like, like the American flag upside down or yeah. something. Yeah, something. Um,
2: well, there's the slamming badge. You know, before moshing, there's the slamming badge. Oh yeah, that was a big deal. it's How to pick someone yeah. up, take care of them, but then keep them going in a circle
4: and learn Morse code. Yeah, uh,
2: that's
1: pretty. That's pretty good. <laughs> what's the badge look like? Is it like skanking dude? Yeah, what's well, the DRI guy? Yeah, right? <laughs> that's, what, that's what the badge is
2: looks really awesome.
1: Uh, that's where they got it from.
2: <laughs> right on. Now, I didn't know uh, that you were a drummer as well,
4: and you do play in other yeah. bands. I've played, um, I mean, I, I literally did start playing drums by telling some of my friends that I, I'll be in your band. And so I, I, I was the drummer for Inner Frog in my hometown. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, we ran for a couple of years, and then I was drafted into a band called Batical Turbo Radness. Well, as the drummer. Kind
2: of, I, I mean, support that one. They
4: needed a drummer to um they had a rival band at the time who had a really great drummer who was um a young guy who was only in 8th grade at the time. And so they're like how are we going to show these guys up? Like there's a battle of bands, we need a drummer. <laughs> and so they drafted me and then um yeah, I uh actually was um in a band called The Frisk <laughs> punk band. Um in the Bay Area for five six years. Is that where you're from originally? Bay Area. Uh, I'm from Northern California, like Northern Northern California, north oh. north of Northern California. <laughs> <Where all laughs> I grew up the- in Grass Valley. Okay, so where all the pot's
2: grown? That's where Chuck there's, lives.
4: There's yeah, there's a lot of pot around there. Yeah, um, and Chuck Reagan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> relocated there. S- strangest thing ever. Have you hung out with him up there? I've been meaning to go I, up there. I want to go and, visit him. So I didn't. So bad. I didn't know that he lived there. And I was just up there visiting and just um, drinking coffee at a coffee shop that didn't even exist when I lived there. And so I'm a little bit out of my element. And I'm drinking this coffee, and I look up, and I see this guy that looks like Chuck Reagan. But my thought isn't like, oh, there's Chuck. It's like, oh, there's a guy that lives in my hometown that looks like Chuck. (laughs) And I'm just marveling at that. And then he, like, moved a little bit, and I saw his tattoo, and I'm like, whoa, that is Chuck. (laughs) blowing my mind i went over and talked to him and he's like yeah just stopping to get a, a quesadilla before like going up to tahoe or something like <laughs> what yeah so gonna Tahoe to, to catch fish with his hands and mouth <laughs> yeah exactly but you know yeah if you think about it it's it's like the perfect place for him you know if you think about like what fundamentally what what is what defines chuck reagan and then that's totally aligned with with the grass valley thing so now, perfect.
2: Is that where the band started or did you move somewhere else? Because that sounds like a huge music scene for that area.
4: Um, there's there's a huge amount of musicians that have either come from there or live there. Um, and But, uh, you know, AFI being from Ukiah, which is like um, a very comparable small town community um, in Northern California, but like not derivable from Grass Valley, really. There's one highway that you could drive straight from one to the other, but it's the windiest lake highway, and it just would take forever, and so nobody, nobody ever did that.
2: Right, but did you, did you know the home, you knew the town? So. so,
4: I I was aware of it because my my dad's bass player in his band was either from there or moved there or something. So I heard the name Ukiah, I was aware of it, but it was just like might as well have been anywhere.
2: Did you grow up in a big musical
4: household? Um my dad my dad had a band um, that would practice like every week when I was a kid and and uh there you know he plays a little bit of everything too and so there's you know instruments around and music around always music playing and
2: That's what I was wondering when you said you don't just say yeah I can figure drums out because then that involves gear.
4: Yeah. Well there were never drums around but Oh. But um in in junior high I had this idea I was like, okay, I'm going to start a band. How I, how do you start a band when you're, you know, like in seventh grade? I didn't even have a guitar, <laughs> but I, I was like, I'm going to play guitar in this band. And so I convinced my friends, hey, we're going to start a band. You guys got to all pick instruments and, and buy them. <laughs> and so um, my friend David was going to be the drummer, and he was into it. He wanted to play drums. Um, he bought a drum kit, and then it ended up at my house for a bit, and then he was just... It's disinterested after a while. And so there were drums at my house for a long time. And so which was great because then anybody could sit down and sort of like play something, figure it out. So that was the trick.
3: Right on. And then so in the Hunter's Revenge stuff, do you play
4: all the instruments? On that stuff, that was okay. Um when I started that project, it was really I wasn't even trying to be it wasn't meant to be a band, it was meant to be just like a recording. Um, exercise, really. It was like, hey, can I write songs in the style of that sort of like early 80s Prince R&B thing? And and so I did play everything on the recordings. Most of the stuff was recorded on just an old, like reel-to-reel four track. And then as it sort of progressed a couple years later, like I was just sort of done. I wrote it off. Like here's a CD of things that I've worked on. Um, This guy... Sean, um, in Los Angeles, was like, "Hey, I really want you to play a show. Like, you know, we're putting together this small little warehouse thing. Like, I will fly you down to play a show. You have to play a show." And I was like, "Whoa, I, I, I don't have a band. I can't play this all on my own." I, go, I was like, "What do I do?" So I thought, "Well, okay, I'll just bring a drum machine and a guitar, and I'll just sort of sing and play and well, whatever." And so, okay, I'll do it. So I did. I flew down and set this up, and it was just like kind of a punk warehouse show. And I was the only i like, I'm just singing and playing. It was, it was really awkward. A bunch of my friends showed up, which was great. Um, but uh, yeah, and so after that, I decided to put together a, a little band and played a bunch of shows doing that, and, you know, with keyboards and, and everything. Um, interestingly enough, Sean ended up starting um, FYF Fest. In LA, which is oh, yeah. now a huge thing, so like, good for him. <laughs> yeah, you started that off. Now, have you? Uh, were you always a Prince
2: fan growing up? Was that like your musical wheelhouse, or?
4: Yeah, I mean, one of many things I really <laughs> liked. Um, I mean, like, like I said, uh, musical household. Um, there was a. My parents have a jukebox that, from like the youngest age of me being able to press the buttons on it, I would I had preferences and wanted to play stuff and it was this had, you know, old like R and B and soul stuff, Beatles, Stones. And then it like, you know, throughout the seventies and even er, into the early eighties, you know, would there be like um Prince and Blondie so and, They
2: they rotated the records out. Yeah.
4: There. So I would
2: just stare at that forever. That'd have changed my life. My parents had a jukebox. It's
4: pretty
1: it's pretty intense.
4: My parents I
2: mean, had the worst musical influence ever. It was Neil <laughs> Diamond, Olivia Newton John. <laughs> Juice Newton, which now ruins my day because now I have Queen of Hearts I, I in my Neil. head. I love Neil. What?
1: Neil Diamond. I love Neil. I
2: love Neil Diamond. At the time, I didn't. I was, <laughs> right. Yeah. Stupid or whatever. And then Sean and I, who I thought were the shit. But that was it. <laughs> that was like the five,
4: the five records. Like, that was that was yeah. it. Jukebox. That's yeah. That's wonderful. It was the key. And it had the greatest sound, too. It was like, a, you know, it's a built-in like tube amp and a maybe like a 15 or 18-inch speaker. And that was it. So it was really bassy, and really um, had a lot of compression on it, but just sounded great. Was it?
1: How, do you know what era it was from?
4: Like the fifties, sixties? Was it? How was it old? It was. It's pretty old. I would say. I would say sixties.
1: Yeah. There's
4: an almost identical one in this little cafe in Vancouver.
1: Yeah. They. 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 Those. They sound pretty cool. I actually had a Wurlitzer one that was probably from like This was a Wurlitzer, 60s. I believe. Did it have like the silver bars down the front of it? Like it's... Kind um, of looked like foot pedals, like an organ. It
4: was... Um, okay, let me think of how to describe it.
1: Did it it had a big curved glass front? It was front? tall,
4: had a big curved glass front thing. Um, and then below that, a sort of lit grill area that was like silver, where the speaker was behind. Right. And... Um, but yeah, I mean, at, you know. And and could
1: it, you see the, the thing move across the front underneath the glass?
4: You see all the records are on like a sort of circular thing. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And
4: And it had a big 200 on it because it would hold like 200 songs basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: I would have sat in front of that thing for days. I'm sure you did. They do
4: yeah.
1: sound amazing though. They, we, I, the one that I had, yeah, it was a tube amp. And we figured out a way to plug our guitars into
4: it. And we fucking
1: use it as an amp. <laughs> and it was, it was loud as all hell.
4: I never got that far. That's good. Yeah. Do your parents <laughs> still have it? They do, but it doesn't work, so oh, really? it just sits in the garage. Like,
1: Dude, you should get that yeah. thing and restore it.
4: I know. <laughs> Thought about it. Thought about it. Just like, you know, shipping it to L.A. Dude, that could be your Boy Scout project. <laughs> yeah. Understand the you can get your wings.
1: Yeah. Get your wings.
4: I'm going to call all the old scouts, like, hey, guys. I know it's been, like, 20, 30 years whatever, but I got a project. Let's do this.
3: <laughs> I was also so curious about sort of how the, the, all the Twitter stuff kind of came about with you, because I felt like, it was like, Hunter's on Twitter, so there a lot of people, but all of a sudden, like, You had so many followers and were winning awards and had all this. I mean, how did that kind of come about? Did you like set out to do that or did it just kind of happen?
4: It's, um, I was told about, uh, I was, I have to, I have to give props. I was, um, Sarah Saturday was telling me about Twitter. Okay. And I was like, whatever. That's so lame. (laughs) Why would you want to like tell people things? Right. You know, I don't want to tell people what I'm doing. Okay, maybe I guess I'll check it out, <laughs> maybe I'll sign up and then I thought okay this is if if you're a band, how cool to be able to tell your fans, hey uh doors are now at seven instead of six, you know mm-hmm. right. or just something like that. I thought that was kind of brilliant, and so I was like okay i'm I'm in I'll try it and I tried it out for a while and then uh the the shorty awards came around I was like shorty awards what's what's this it's like a uh, a, like you for can, girls, right? Yeah, it's for girls. No, it's for kids. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. Um, but, uh, you know, sure. Like, not that many people were on were on Twitter at the time. And so I thought, well, I'll just do a little campaign to, you know, win an award for this. And, and you could sort of nominate yourself for different categories. And I thought, well, I'm going to nominate myself for, what was it? I was I was leading in maybe Awesome or something. <laughs> Which turned out to not be an official category. <laughs> so, at the last minute, I looked at I looked at what categories there actually were, and I realized there's no competition in the music category. Like nobody's really doing that. Yeah. Well, I bet I could probably take this. And so, yeah, it was really easy to take it because nobody, relatively speaking, was on Twitter at the time. And so I won the music category, and and uh, they flew me to New York, and. You know, I'm on stage with MC Hammer, like, he g- gave me the award for music, and I was like, that's pretty cool. Out of everybody in the entire world of music, I'm the winner of Twitter. I won. And then, like, a week later is when Twitter, like, blew up. You know, like, Britney Spears signed up, and it was just, from that point on, it was just, like, it was over. Did you have to give, like, an acceptance
3: speech or anything? Yes, it
4: was, like, a 140-character acceptance <laughs> speech. I don't remember what I said, but... They start playing you off at 100 characters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but that was, that, was, uh, that was cool, you know? That was, that was a fun time. Um, uh, I have a
2: question, uh, and I'll pause, because I, I want to see what your answer is going to be, Hunter. Okay. And maybe you've been asked this a bunch of times, and you're just sick of it, but I have to know, because I watched. So when AFI plays Saturday Night Live... Okay, from watching it at home, seemed like there was a big audio issue. Huge audio issue. Huge audio issue. And all I could watch was going, "Oh no!" Like, because it seemed, from my standpoint, that you guys didn't notice the audio issue, or maybe
4: it was in ears or something. But I'll tell you exactly what happened, please. Um, what happened was their their mixing board, the audio board, is like on a different floor. There or whatever, and although I don't know if that matters um, and is it is a digital console and like froze or crashed during the live our live performance um, and so the only audio that was coming through for like a good majority of the song this is only one of the two songs we mm-hmm. played was just um, some of like some of the samples and some of the stuff that's, like, not our live performance. Like, I mean, it's live in that we're, like, triggering it, but it's not live in that we're, like, it's not our guitars, right? And so they had to reset the board, and basically, like, it was a wash. But they fixed it because it was all... It all came through. So it was, like, it was just the... the I don't know how this works technically, but the 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 console that they used to mix um for the actual television broadcast so the audio was fine on on everyone's end up to that point so we didn't know anything was wrong everything was fine for mm-hmm. us in the studio everything was fine um and so only after we got off stage someone's like so there was a problem with the audio and it didn't for the whole like east coast feed it's it's not good um but it was but they fixed it by the by the west coast right and then for all you know future versions it was fine so
2: oh i was like oh man they've got to be bummed and
1: dismayed and i'm glad they fixed it yeah i can't believe they have a digital console for live
3: broadcasts yeah it seems crazy. weird right we've talked about that what happened the, when when motion city played uh conan conan yeah the board crashed, and they had to like do the song again cuz it's not live so yeah. they could do it again but it like We've, we've talked about that here and, and just with ourselves about
2: when a band, most of these shows that you play live on has a band, and that band sounds good. Yeah. So why doesn't the guest band sound good as well?
4: Like, why can't they make that happen? It's Okay, well, let's see. Let's talk about this. <laughs>
0: um,
4: one of the issues is that bands that sound good, when you go to see them play live, usually have like a front of house guy yeah. that makes them sound good those front of house guys aren't allowed to mix the bands when they do TV shows because of union issues. Mm-hmm. So, and for for whatever reason, the people... And it's, you know, a little bit of it is that, like, uh, you're, the sound mixer for the show doesn't know how the band's supposed to sound. Um, but also, sometimes they're more concerned with how things sound for TV and not how they sound for, for a, a band. So it's just a different mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that in some cases... Um, Sometimes the front of house guy will be able to stand near the board and sort of point in the general direction of what sort of moves they would want to make. That
3: is so often Yeah, I didn't but know that. That's insane. But they won't
4: actually be able to touch they can't touch anything. It's cool
3: they let you guys play your instruments and don't make union guys go up there and yeah, play this Yeah, seriously. Why
1: wouldn't the union guys <laughs> play the fucking
3: yeah. instruments? It's so the union stuff is very very
2: weird and I've I've been on I've dealt with both sides of it. But yeah. that's bizarre that they just uh hit that Oh, that's got to be frustrating. I mean, that's
1: like... There's got to be... Uh, I'm so, the unions just piss me off. <laughs> I've been on the wrong side of the unions too many times. Yeah. do so, you? It's just... I mean, that's artistic integrity. That's the kind of thing, like, you could, you know... I mean, you could... Yeah. If you can't have your guy mix you, like, that's your... That's you. That's your that's it's your like representation part of, the band. of the band. It is yeah. a part of the band, yeah. yeah. So it seems like... That seems like there should be a way around their stupid fucking lame rules
4: and then there are you know some of those shows that actually let the band play a legitimate show which is always a little bit better because yes, yeah. you're actually it's not some weird studio where you're not anywhere near an audience and you're right. sort of, i don't know yeah so
2: i always wonder how that feels when um you know you guys have played festivals obviously i yeah. seen you at a, at a, at a bunch um when you play at a festival and there's cameras there, or even if there's not cameras there, there's that giant gap from the stage <laughs> to the fence, and in between that gap is just a land of security <laughs> and random photographers, and the fan. And the fans are back there, and they- it just seems so hard to establish any kind of intimacy
4: at all. It's some of them are the worst. I mean, there are. We've played some festivals where it's. Like the distance between the stage and the audience is like bigger than some of the clubs clubs, we've played in. Yeah,
1: Um,
4: (laughs) and it is it is really hard. Some of them, it's hard to feel like you're connecting with anybody. And it's those shows where you're you're lucky that you have done this enough and you know what you're doing, and you're you're basically playing for yourself. You're playing for your crew, your friends that are on the side of the stage, you know, Mm. and still basically the same show, but it's. It's, you definitely do, it's, it's, um, it's hard to play a show when you feel like you're not playing for somebody, you know? Because that's what helps really, you know, drive your performance.
2: Do you feel that if you're going to play a festival, like, okay, the night before we have to go play a secret show in someone's basement just so we have that feeling?
4: <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, that's... 15. I mean, like, you, you, bands play the, the, uh, the Australian festivals mm-hmm. they you know always do their little like show side shows and it that is kind of one of the key things like when we did uh soundwave mm-hmm. a couple years ago you know we one day we're playing this huge midday thing and then the next day we're playing like a small little club and it's it is nice it's a nice balance okay but uh yeah some of those festivals are just really really bizarre like I think we we did um, we did the live Earth thing in 07. Yeah, yeah. And it was you know exactly one of those things where it's like you know we're on stage but the audience is pretty far away and it's just middle of the day, totally weird environment. But then uh, Kevin Bacon was on the side of the stage, <laughs> right? Like I don't know. <laughs> and you're like, this is our degree. <laughs> so I was like I was like, this is it. This um this set is for Kevin. <laughs> I'm going to give it 110% for
3: Kevin. Was that, I think I was at, was that the thing the police played? Yeah. And yeah, I got like dragged. Someone was there, one of the publicists and he was a little intoxicated and he was trying to like drag me down to like see Taking Back Sunday. I was like, I'm good in this loge or whatever. <laughs> and he was dragging me past security and security was like, he had credentials and I didn't. And Al Gore was like on stage And I was like, someone's going to shoot me. Like, you're dragging me past security. Like, Al Gore's talking. There's probably Secret Service guys everywhere. Live Earth, dead Jonah. Yeah, it was, uh... Yeah, I didn't actually stay for the police because it it started so early,
4: and I felt like I was there for, like, 12 hours already. Yeah, it was really long. Yes. The craziest thing to me was, you know, I mean, there's dozens of huge bands playing this thing. And the stadium is full. Where where was this show? It's a giant
3: stadium Yeah, giant stadium, Mm mm-hmm.
4: And so, you know, like I was, I went out into the, to the, like up into the back of the stadium to watch Smashing Pumpkins, a huge rock band, Smashing Pumpkins, right? And the crowd is going crazy. And then after they played, Bon Jovi comes out to play. And the, like, I thought the Smashing Pumpkins response was great from the crowd, but I've never heard a response from a crowd as loud as the Bon Jovi response. And this is like, I mean, it's New Jersey, so, but this is like, it was insane. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people singing along to, like, the most obscure song they could play. <laughs> like, l- the loudest thing I've ever heard in my life. It was insane.
2: Um, now, can we ask what's going on with AFI right now? Are you recording? Or is it, is it under wraps? Because you, you can say it's under wraps. It's, it's cool.
4: Under wraps. Okay. Top secret.
2: Fair enough. Can I, can I talk about, didn't, can we talk about the website getting hacked? Did the website get hacked somebody somebody really somebody <laughs> said that a couple of uh, months ago on twitter and i fell for it too they're like oh my god afi broke up and there was a statement oh, it was a hoax it, it yeah. was a hoax yeah yeah yeah
4: yeah i woke up to you know a bunch of texts and emails like what like sad from my friends like sad messages you know like say it ain't so like really and i'm like what what are, what are you talking about <laughs> so i so i you know i uh I Googled it and by the time I was awake it was already like squashed mm-hmm. and you know. But uh yeah, apparently somebody decided to to create a "if uh, AFI broke up hoax. I'm trying to remember what the details were. It was like a it was supposed to be a letter, like a letter from Davey. But it was not written in the way that Dave would write. <laughs> It was just, it was a little, something was a little suspicious about it, but yeah. That was like the detraction you guys wrote. That It
2: was like, we would not, this does not sound like yeah. us. How could you fall for this? You
4: know what's so weird? It's like,
3: I can't get motivated to do stuff like I need to do. Let alone like, I'm going to wake up today and write like a fake breakup letter for a band and get a put. Po- like, it seems like so much, like where's the payoff, I feel like.
2: Well, you can say it's under wraps, but like, can we look forward to something in the in the far to near future?
4: Oh yeah, of course.
2: Okay, fair enough. But, that's it okay because <laughs> i saw did you read the, the roseland show
3: the roseland show or crash love um i don't know you might have been there. i was i there. feel like I've, i know you're there i feel I like i've seen you guys it. so many times that it's all kind of like feels like one that's how i feel <laughs> Dude, I, had great, I had a it.
2: great experience the first time i heard of you because i uh you know you know like bands fall through the cracks you know as as you grow up like like You know, all of a sudden, people, there's a band with a huge following, and you hear about them. And uh, I was working at Fuse and we were playing AFI videos, and I'm like, these guys are great. How did I not hear this band? And then looking back, I was like, oh, I know Total Immortal. I know these songs. Okay, crap. I just didn't associate it. Um, And so Fuse did an episode where it was uh, everyone decided to dress up like the metal girl Julia. So they spiked my hair out, and (laughs) AFI was playing that night. And it was AFI and Explosion and Strike Anywhere, I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's great. So it was like awesome. Okay. If these are their opening bands who I love. This is going to be a great show. So I went with a sweater on, but I still left my hair all spiked out to hell. <laughs> and I left all the makeup on, and people were taking pictures of me at Irving Plaza. <laughs> the best part was the hip hop guy who was working at Fuse, Dennis DeMenis, um, Dennis White. Uh, he wore like a giant, he wore like, white pants, white shoes, and a big white, puffy, fur-lined winter coat. So he's walking around <laughs> with me at the AFI show, and then you guys came out, and I was just uh, mesmerized. Amazing. That
3: actually reminds me, didn't NoFX dress up as you guys at one point?
4: Yes, we did, uh, we did a, uh, a sort of a wardrobe swap for one of the warp Tour shows. We'd like, planned it out for a while, and... Um, I think it was probably Mike's idea. (laughs) I think mostly he just wanted to wear like all his Hot Topic gear, right? (laughs) um, And so whatever. He never
2: gets a chance to on a daily basis. (laughs) Yeah,
4: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, he's got fans, and they expect a certain thing. They expect the Hawaiian shirts. That was that was the whole thing, you know. So
2: Mike, you're wearing sleeves.
4: (laughs) Um. So so we showed up wearing the full Hawaiian gear, and uh, and. And they were, it was, it was uh, it was me first in the Gimme Gimme's. Okay. And they, you know, had on their their fishnets and like the makeup and like black wigs and it was good. You, so you guys
2: came out dressed as me first in the Gimme give
4: was Yeah. That's amazing. And we wore just, we wore their Hawaiian shirts. I think I still have one too. Um, you know, and that was it pretty much. It was, it was more like they wanted to dress up in a certain style <laughs> and then we did a little, you know, just a, just a show that we're good sports, you know. <laughs> And it was but it was for you know like a, I don't know maybe like in, maybe New Jersey. it was a Warped tour show that year. Now, how would you get hooked up with uh, Tegan and Sarah? Uh, I, I met Tegan. I actually uh, was a fan of their music, and it, um, I, I discovered their band at a time where I was having a lot of trouble writing music, and I was just like, I guess it was probably over thinking everything and i i heard one of their songs and i was like this is so like pure and simple and just like so great it's this is like music just refined down to something so like like a poppy but simple and like you know like i just i loved it and so i just sent an email to their at the time like on their website you could actually write to them i mean it was like sort of disguise, like, write to, the, you know, a correspondence to our label that's us, you know, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. But so I just wrote a letter, like, hey, I'm a huge fan. I just want to say, like, your music is really inspiring me right now. And it's at a time where I'm, like, I almost lost faith in music and whatever. And, uh, like, a couple of days later, Tegan wrote back to me. She's like, like, what? You're an AFI? Like, I love you guys. Like And so we became friends, and, and then uh, just through... Hanging out um, with them for you know for a while, they uh, T, and asked me if I would play bass on on one of their albums. Played on the the con on the con yeah such a great record. And so I was like yes of course like you know that would be an honor and and uh, it was cool because one of you know one of my friends Matt Sharp who who was like the you know original Weezer bassist mm-hmm. played bass on Sarah's song so so it was kind of an honor to be. I think of him on as a the record guy in film. the
2: rentals, to be honest
4: with you. The rentals, exactly. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm going way back. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and then, uh, I don't know, just remain
2: friends. Do you, do, you, do you always hang out with just bass players, Is that how it works?
4: I do. I, I, was, <laughs> I was looking through uh, through my phone and just looking at the people that I... like Mentally, like, going through the people that I'm friends with that are musicians... And noting, like most of these people are either bass players or drummers, <laughs> and it's maybe that maybe there is something to that, like a sort of a rhythm section camaraderie, or I don't know.
2: Did you did you tour
4: with Tegan and or Did you play shows with them? Uh, no. Why did I, I
2: just define touring?
4: <laughs> I do that
3: all the time when I talk, Hunter. So touring is when well, you here's play the thing. live.
4: I have played shows with them, but not as a bass player. Ah, as a percussionist, and not on more than a song or two. And not in a touring capacity, just one-off. So, I played shows with them, but not toured. You played cowbell locally with them, <laughs> <laughs> locally. No, just, just shakers. I feel I, I played tambourine. I think I may have played keyboard on one song on one show, but mostly shakers. That's my thing. Gotcha, Conan. I, you know, played shakers. We played it. Uh, I don't know
2: shakers, little egg things.
4: Uh, those can be shakers, but yeah, yeah I played uh, these like kind of uh, cylindrical canisters. Ah, yes. You know, be- I've come, I've become like somewhat of a of a shaker connoisseur since then. Really, I now have a collection of like a dozen or more shakers of different styles and different varieties. I had a hilarious shaker joke a couple of weeks ago. I was
3: in the studio, <laughs> and someone had a, it's already a, funny. <laughs> some- <laughs> the end. <laughs> someone had an egg shaker with like a chicken on it that was just, like, in the control room, and I was, like, I posted this photo of it. I was, like, sometimes if you can't do well in the studio, you should play to a cluck track.
4: Uh. <laughs> do you have, like, a the, like a sting sound effect? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, like no I response, like, nothing.
3: And I said it in the studio, and everyone's, like, I'm, like, cluck track?
2: <laughs> I thought it was going to be a chicken. Look, the chicken is the egg joke. Can
4: I make a chicken joke? Please. Okay. Yes. <laughs> True story. I'm, I'm in Hawaii, and I'm I'm driving rental car through a sort of rural area, and um, and I'm behind a car. I'm I'm driving. Yeah, I'm probably like 45 miles per hour driving behind the only car on this road. It's just me and this other car, and I'm right behind that car. And in the distance, I see a chicken approach the road. Just and waiting there at the side, and the chicken decides to jump out between the two cars. Like this, chicken has all the time in the world. It could have just waited for both of us to pass, and it would be. It could do anything it wanted. But it decides that it decides to go between the two cars. And so as it's crossing, I'm like, why did the chicken cross the road?
1: (laughs) <laughs>
2: oh, that's genius! Are you, are you are you vegan too?
4: I am. Okay. How long? Uh, ooh, over eleven years now. Right on. Yeah, you're a healthy looking it vegan. It just that's keeps going. Good. You know, is, is the whole
2: is the whole band vegan?
4: No, uh, half the band. Half the band. Okay. Half the band. You know, not bad, right? No, you yeah. <laughs> know, it's not
2: fugazi. It's okay. <laughs> um, I've Jonah was a vegetarian, and I've Tried it, but I don't, I just don't eat meat that much anyway. It's just not in my wheelhouse. But I have kids now and, you know, feeding them stuff. And, you know, we're now feeding them, you know, this like turkey and sweet potatoes that's, you know, pureed. And every time I feed it to them, I'm I'm just like, no, what are you crazy? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, I don't take, even the
2: stuff that I know is good, I'm like, squash, I can handle that. The fruit, I'm fine with. But in my head, I'm like, what am I doing? Am I like starting these kids off on a, Horrible path. But then I was listening to um, a Mark Marin podcast on the way here where he's interviewing Weird Dog Yankovic, and he went, He's a vegetarian. He went, No, I didn't impose how I looked at it on my kids or a kid. He has one kid. He's like, You know, if she figures it out, she can go that way. You know?
4: Yeah, it's a weird concept. It's a weird, it was a
2: weird like morality thing. So I had this conversation with Davey that I, I'm not an animal rights person at all. I'm an animal welfare person. But, like, I believe, treat humanely, you know, free range, however, or, or um, you know, a, uh, respectful slaughterhouse, if you want to go the whole Temple Grandin route, you know. Um, but uh, it's just a very – It's uh, there's compelling arguments for both sides. I mean, but it's so hard to – you know, I'm literally looking at this jar. Whenever I feed it to them, I'm looking at it and I'm like, am I just like feeding them just horror? Like I don't,
4: I don't know quite. What- it's weird because it's like – like you said, it's um, – the idea is, you know, when – when your kid reaches an age where they can make that decision for themselves, then, like, well, fine, whatever. But until then, you're making the decision for them. And it's, you know, it's a little bit weird, right? Mm-hmm. Because do you make the decision based on like your, what you believe for yourself? Or, you know, I don't know. It's. I feel like it's the same thing with
3: religion. Yeah. I mean,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, that way, that, yeah, that, 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 all that petrifies me. Yeah, I guess you haven't hit that yet. I don't even want to. It just scares, <laughs> scares the living crap out of me because I'm just going, ah, whatever. But, yeah, but yeah, it's oh, it's very it's a very similar... If it, if it similar, helps you at all, yes.
1: um, I grew up with, like, free-range chickens, and... They're bastards, aren't they? I have, I have more respect for vegetables. Yeah. You couldn't really do enough bad things to a chicken, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> they already do it to
3: each other. They're really they're terrible animals. <laughs> <laughs> did you grow up in a chicken coop I grew up in a chicken coop actually <laughs> I was allowed out during the day
2: <laughs> I understand why you're so bitter against chickens you can just uh, that's hilarious they're uh. they they ruin, they're bad to each other it's okay <laughs> That, but I don't know I, for me it was more of a health thing I know that when I eat um, like vegan or vegetarian food solely for a while my allergies aren't as bad. Yeah, yeah. you know, it just work, it works out well. So I've been
3: juicing. I got a juicer. Worse. And it's awesome. I'll make like four carrots and four stalks of celery and just drink that for breakfast. And then and
2: I had a juicer too. You know why I got rid of it? Why is that? It's the worst thing about a juicer.
3: Cleaning up, clean after? the fucking yeah. Thing. I got an yeah, easy it's to clean not one. So bad. You got to get a good one. I got a good one. You got an Omega. I got a I'd oh. Like to thank our Breville. sponsors, Omega and yeah, Breville. Have you tried, uh, have
1: you tried <laughs> cabbage? Yeah, I and haven't. Cabbage. It's <laughs> <That's> pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah? You sure you have some time?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I work from home. I got plenty of time. So.
4: Yeah, you should try some obscure stuff, you know? Yeah. Like potatoes.
3: Potatoes could be good. I got like a cookbook thing, but you can do beets. Beets are fantastic. Yeah. And it tastes so Kale. Good. You're not vegetarian. Do oysters. <laughs> <laughs> can you juice an oyster? What about a banana? Why not? <laughs> can you juice a banana? You can do a banana, I think. I was going to try to do an avocado. I don't think you can do that don't though. Don't
1: mix. Fruits and vegetables, you know That's that. what I heard. Yeah.
3: Why is that? Because your body digests it differently? Well, it creates or, kind
1: of an acid. You can mix uh, it's lemon. It's a religious thing. Lemon and apple are the only two fruits that you can mix with vegetable juice.
3: Lemon and apple. Mm. Okay.
1: Yeah, because you can put apple cider vinegar in everything.
2: At least I do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is it a full-on, is it? Is it, uh, do you take it all the way to clothing and stuff as vegan? Or? Yes. See? Yeah. That was my other thing is go all the way or forget it. That was which my whole.
4: Which is tough like um, because a lot of clothing options, Just there, there isn't a vegan option. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, before, I, before I flew out here, I had set my alarm for 5 a.m. And I probably went to bed at midnight. So I was only going to get five hours of sleep. And my body naturally was like, oh, no, you're going to wake up at 4.30 a.m. With an obsession to 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 Google vegan hats, so I wasn't even totally awake. wasn't even awake. I was like, "Oh, I gotta Google vegan hats like, with my phone." Like my eyes aren't even open yet, and I'm like, "Vegan hats! I gotta find a place where I can buy vegan hats." <laughs> Later in the day, I I realized like, what was I doing? Googling vegan hats, but but it's there aren't that many places, you know. No. It's, you can find a lot of Etsy stores, and you can get like knit hats. I don't want that. I don't want to, you know, some sort of like. N- I don't know, <laughs> no, you don't. You're I wanted right. like a classic looking hat, you know, but it's most of them are just like you know animal hair or something, <laughs> mm-hmm. so no wool. no wool, no wool where do you do you where do you stand on honey um i was I was a little bit like I don't know where to go on honey for a while, and then uh like maybe I don't know some number of years ago I was like what? Is it so hard? can I just, like, rule out honey? <laughs> I've ruled out so many things. Yeah, so, Honey is basically puke. I think it's okay. And I don't want to eat puke. Is that, that's my thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's delicious puke. <laughs> I've also tried to rule out as much sugar as I can. That's smart. So, mm-hmm.
3: you know, honey falls into that. Great well, I know, category. like, a lot of, like, mm-hmm. hardcore vegans, I know sometimes sugar is refined with animal bones or something. Or so I've heard I'm not, yeah. like, an what? expert. I, mean, I don't know. It's
0: it's the
2: the food industry. I mean, Fast Food Nation really that that yeah. that's it's it's upsetting how much if you are vegan or if you have you know, uh you know, a religion that you don't know. It's like it's like why do f- it was the big thing in the book was french fries, a lot of them in McDonald's were cooked in beef tallow. Yeah.
4: And then they were saying that it was vegetarian. Yeah, it's so, not nice. Yeah. It's, you know, and that's why you know, my whole thing is is uh, although I feel like it, what I, you know my dietary thing is is fairly strict. I I realize that like some of the stuff I don't really know, and it's it'd be impossible to be one hundred percent strictly vegan in every aspect of a person's life because it's it gets down to the point where you're like, well, um, you know, do I support a company that also makes non-vegan products? You know. Um, And that's, I think it would be impossible to get 100% away from it, you know, if I'm going to drive my car, you know, every, every, you know, especially in this, like, this world where every corporation is owned by somebody, it's like, it's impossible. But so, you know, my whole thing is just do the best that I can. Yeah. So. You know, the whole
2: time we're talking to Hunter, he mentioned nothing about the American Film Institute, and I'm completely and utterly confused. I want to talk about the top 100 films, which is always Citizen Kane, Jaws, and for some reason, Empire Strikes Back isn't at the top of the list. Bullshit. It's total bullshit, right? (laughs) Should be Empire Strikes Back, Jaws, Blues Brothers. That should be the top (laughs) of every
0: damn list of films. Or Pee-wee's Big Adventure.
3: That's a good one, too. Not Shack, dude yeah see or hard to kill <laughs> my list i feel like would be so people would be like who, what is wrong with this person <laughs> hard to kill It'd be like all like 90s action movies battle royale which yeah. is the
0: one where seagal is the italian dude if it comes in <laughs> up the bar above the law above the law <laughs> my favorite nico hey come on hey, nico. goomba oh <laughs> you know who did bobby lupo oh, you know come on hey bobby come on don't bust my balls <laughs> It's my favorite. He takes the pool ball and just he puts it in a sock and destroys an entire bar.
3: When we we worked at Fuse, I feel like me and Mike watched the fight scene in that from that movie like every day. It's like ten minutes long, and he keeps pushing that guy in the phone booth. one guy can't get out of the phone booth he always just pushes him back everyone's in. getting beat up and this dude's just getting thrown. oh it's so
0: good he goes I don't need my badge and my gun and the guy's like oh well tough with a badge and Seagal puts his gun down and takes his badge off and he just beats the entire bar down even the
3: bartender he's like Are you a boxer he's like yeah I box that's who you got and he knocks out this like 70 year old guy <laughs> <laughs> The best. It is the best. <laughs> Everyone should check it out. Above the law, Bar <laughs> Above the Law. Just Bar scene. Bar scene on, on YouTube. YouTube. And
0: if you have any Italian relatives, by the way, too, it's like he uses every like it's like they just pulled out the like Goomba dictionary <laughs> and he's like, what other words I had can to I, ask I say?
3: Mike, I was like, what even are these words? Like I yeah. never even have heard them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, he pulls out like Jadrool. Hey, this guy's a fucking Jadrool. It's like, wow, hold on. Let me let me ask my mom what that is. <laughs> my mother's from Italy. if
2: you enjoyed what you have heard please give us a favorable review on itunes it would be a nice thing for you to do how about a like on facebook going off track go to our website and leave us a comment we know that the comment section of most websites is basically an open invitation for people to be douches which for us is kind of fine because we like to read things like that we find them funny Uh, But if you dig us, we would love to hear from you. Uh, Shoot us a comment. We will respond. And uh, next week on Going Off Track, who knows if we'll talk about Steven Seagal. We probably will. We
3: probably will. Probably. (laughs) Probably.